Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Monday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. For the next two hours, Trent Condon, Ken Miller, as we get back to local programming uh, for the remainder of the morning and right through the end of the afternoon. Uh, Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list, it shapes up like this. Nick Oson's going to join us first, covers Iowa State uh, for Cyclone Alert 24-7 Sports. A lot of recruiting, both football uh, and basketball to catch us up on. We'll obviously take a dip into spring football as well as that marches forward. But Nick Oson on all things Iowa State coming up here uh, at 11.30 or thereabouts. At 12.05, our golf guy, Matt Rudy from Golf Digest, will join us. I'm sure we'll start with the Masters, but we'll get back into it with Matt at 12.05. Look back at the weekend, take a peek ahead uh, to major number two on the tour, uh, the PGA coming up uh, the week before Memorial Day. So Matt Rudy will join us to talk golf. And then Scott Dockerman, who... Spent the last two weeks on vacation in, of all places, Japan, uh, is back uh, in the state of Iowa and back on the Hawkeye Beat and back doing what he does for the athletic. That's coming up here at about 1230 before Trent's plays of the day, Circus Sports sponsors. NBA moves back into the spotlight tomorrow with their play-in rounds, which should be um, decent fodder, I'm assuming. Uh, But we'll have to wait for that full slate Major League Baseball, pretty full slate of Major League Baseball tonight, including an afternoon game and good morning. Mr. Condon. Hello! So why are the Twins playing this afternoon? Any ideas at one of those school day specials, maybe? Feels a little early for that, doesn't it? Well, I mean, it's the only game in the afternoon. They've had their opening day. Right. Uh, just kind of weird. I'm just trying, try, trying to think why they're playing in the afternoon. First of all, I thought they are playing a doubleheader, you know, day-night. Mm-hmm. But um, anyways, not that big of a deal. But the Sox and the Twins will be on... Uh, coming up here in about uh, two hours. So the Masters comes and goes for another year. It truly is a remarkable event. It's you beautiful. know, they, 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 um, the moniker, tradition like no other, it really is in a lot of ways, it's right? It's a little hoity-toity. But it kind of lives up to it. It does, yeah. This tournament didn't. Now, it was... Um, it sucked. I think it had the, the, the Saturday, being deprived of Saturday, mm-hmm. um, certainly left a lot to be desired. I was surprised they tried to play any part of it. Mm-hmm. I guess they had to get some of it in because um, the conditions were just atrocious, just terrible. Tiger limping around out there, thought he would have trouble answering the bell yesterday. Um, John Rahm, who began the day, was he four strokes off the lead when he woke up on Sunday morning? Mm-hmm. Ends the day with a four-stroke victory. He had it going on. Brooks Kepka couldn't. One of the stories, although you'd never know it by the CBS coverage, <laughs> Phil Mickelson. They didn't interview him. Think about that. I don't know if he wanted to be interviewed. Well, that's the question that yeah. I have not seen. That. Did he Did he decline the opportunity to speak earlier in the week he had? He didn't want anything to do with the uh, pre-event uh, press opportunities. Did he walk off the green and they go in the butler cabin? I mean, he set a record. You know the uh, the oldest guy to shoot uh, shoot what he did, um, just remarkable, incredible final round. But nary a peep on CBS. The only time we heard him was when Jim Nance took a shot at him. Yes. But the CW that was really that was way... that was on Kepka, wasn't it? It was on Kepka. Yeah, You're right. It was yeah. Kepka. When he said, "Yeah, he's going yeah. on the CW," so, but of course, I mean the cross, the cross. Yeah, it was Kepka who uh, kind of gagged down the stretch. Uh, so other than the fact that the tournament, it just wasn't. 
I tried. And I watched it. I mean, I had it on the whole day. Yeah, all day Sunday. Too. From the time we got up until yeah. 6.30. Mm-hmm. It was on. The only baseball I watched yesterday was Sunday night baseball. Because yeah. I, was, I was into the golf. And didn't even get into that. We were having our ham dinner. Ah. Ham. Yeah, it was good. Uh-huh. It was salty? Good. Oh, yes. They're all salty. Yeah. The kids actually enjoyed it. Which really? Is a shocker. They're growing up. Well, <laughs> didn't sell much like the cheesy potatoes I made, but they like the ham. Okay. So that, that was well, a more, win. More potatoes for dad. Exactly. That's a win, too. That's right. You know what we're having for lunch today when we get <laughs> right. home. Cheesy potatoes and leftover ham. <laughs> That's right. That's where we're going. But yeah, it just, I tried. And I just, and I, you know. Did you not cash a ticket? Is no, that... I did. I had ROM okay. and I kept adding ROM. I added ROM <laughs> on Friday. I added a little more on Saturday. I added a little more on Sunday when he was still, I think, plus 185 going into the final round as they had the, uh, what, hour and a half respite before mm-hmm. they went back out there for the final 18. It wasn't about profitability. It was just, and you know, I love Glove. And you know, I love the Masters. It, it just didn't work for me. I don't because know. Because there it was, was really only two guys that had a chance, maybe. You know, and I mean, Spieth had a phenomenal round, final round. Mickelson, we've talked about him. Patrick Reed got it, had it going on. Mm-hmm. Cameron Young made up some ground. Uh, Thagala, yes, I mean absolutely. that was one of the stories I was watching, mm-hmm. just because this guy needed to have, assuming he didn't, you know, have uh, go out and win a tournament for the remainder of the year. Mm-hmm. If he finished in the top twelve, he gets invited back. So that was a storyline. I get your point. You know, now that I think of it. Not a lot of storylines. No. It was Kep- Kepka's collapse and Rom's just dominating the golf course. So I've always enjoyed Brooks Kepka. I've enjoyed kind of this heel guy, the guy rolling his eyes at, at uh, DeChambeau as he was walking by and mm-hmm. what that turned into. I enjoyed this guy that doesn't consider himself a golfer. Right. He's an athlete. Yep. And he just goes out there and he just be, he's more talented mm-hmm. at golf than anything mm-hmm. else and doesn't have to grind like some of the other guys and doesn't want to grind. Like many of the other guys, I, I liked having kind of that kind of heel out there that you knew every four majors every year. He's that was show up. the time that he showed up. Yeah. And you know, going back to the Netflix documentary and hearing him talk about Scotty Scheffler, and he said Scotty Scheffler can just go out there and shoot sixty three any day, and I can't do that. Right. And that doubt was starting to creep in, and that also made him like me like him even more. But it's the live thing. I I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. And this is not me. Up on Mount Pius, looking down at everybody that you know looks that doesn't have the same viewpoint of it. I'm not that deep into politics and the Saudis and everything. It's it just I don't like what this has done to the PGA Tour. Yeah. I don't like that we only get these great golfers mm-hmm. going up against each other four times. This is me more of a golf fan than anything about the. Yeah, extras. it's better when everybody's in it. I right. I, I agree with and you. those particulars, and I know they're very deep. That's mm-hmm. not where I'm going with the conversation. It's just what it's done to golf, yep. and that's the part that I don't enjoy. And the live guys had a pretty good tournament. They did. Lot, I mean, Mickelson finished his second. You mentioned Patrick Reed, Reed yep. was was right there. Um, yeah, and I've never been a Mickelson fan. He is always a guy I have thought mm-hmm. has been fake from the get-go. Oh, yeah, he is fake. Yeah, and I think finally everybody's realized but that. It took a long time. It did. It took and a long time. When he was a beloved figure, I was never uh-huh. down that path with him. Uh-huh. I have never been a Phil Mickelson fan, and I've gone around and around with a couple of my buddies in my life, big golf fans as well, that have always loved Phil. And we've had the conversation many a times. He was never my guy. I, I saw through it. I saw the facade, mm-hmm. facade that he had and what kind of person he actually is. It was so interesting, though, hearing reports from the Champions Dinner. Very reserved. He didn't say a word. Didn't talk to anybody. He, people came up to him and said, hey, yeah. good luck this week, you know, those kind of things. But That was about it. 
Because he, he had a personality. Oh, absolutely. There was, there was, I mean, I find it hard to believe that, you know, in previous champions. Like, don't forget, he didn't play last year. Why, right. Remember why he didn't play last year? Because he was the poster boy for what a lot of folks at the time thought, this is going to ruin the PGA. Mm-hmm. This is going to ruin my weekends of watching golf. For those people who are, you know, love to sit down in front of their TV, what is this guy doing? He's one of the best players in the world. I've cheered for Phil Mickelson for years, and now you're going to turn around and do and stab me as a fan mm-hmm. in the back and he stayed away from Augusta last year for that yeah. very reason he seems uncomfortable he I seems... think he realizes that he kind of I don't know prostituted himself might not be the right word but it might fit I think it does uh, he took a lot of money I get it uh, the people that uh, you know, well what would you do well, of course <laughs> but we're different well and we also don't have 35 50 million dollars sitting in the bank right and and and, and endorsements you know that we can wear on or, or whatever, right? Um, but he was one of the faces of the PGA, and Liv realized that. Mm-hmm. And if this tour was ever going to get any modicum of respect, at least in the beginning, they couldn't go out there and get a bunch of, you know, Keegan Bradleys or <laughs> right. or Taylor Moore or Harold Varner or um, Mike Weir. Right. <laughs> you know these kind of guys. They needed big names, and they got they got Dustin Johnson, who did nothing all weekend. They he didn't do a damn thing. They got some huge players, huge names. But Mickelson will never be seen the same way again no. because of the decision that he made. Were you rooting for him as he was making that run to post a good rooting score? for him? I wasn't. Well, um, nah, I was rooting, rooting for him at the PGA. The PGA when he won it a when he won it when he was yes. fifty one sure I was rooting for him yeah then, which is a rarity for me yeah I was rooting for him and I was rooting for that story there's no chance uh-huh. I can't anymore mm-hmm. I just can't him and Kepka and the whole live guys I just can't do it mm-hmm. and there's a lot of unlikable figures out there sure. that also have made the Patrick jump Patrick Reed is a live guys yes. and you know did you see his statement this morning no and somebody must have written it for him because he was appreciative. And thanking all the fans oh, and everybody really? that works at the Masters and all the people at Augusta National for the four days for the tournament they put on. And he's so grateful to, and I'm paraphrasing, mm-hmm. uh, so grateful to be able to participate in a first-class event like that, um, which, you know, this is out of the norm, I would think, for him. Um, I don't know. Mickelson, it's, it's, I would love to know, did CBS approach him and offer him a chance to sit down and, and speak? Because that jumped off the television screen yeah. when all these guys are finishing up their round and they're going in and they're going to discuss the round. Wait a second. Here's a guy that just did something that's never been done before that's currently second place in the golf tournament. And it's not like anybody's never heard of this cat. Right. Right. He was one of, if, if Tiger wasn't the biggest noodle, needle mover in golf for a period of time, it was Phil Mickelson. Mm-hmm. One uh, other thing I wanted to throw out here is we talked a lot about the betting angle this week is betting at Circa and the amount of money. Mm-hmm. Here's another thing. You know I don't just bet who wins. Right. You bet top 20s, top 10s. Top, did you bet any top 5s? Uh, no. All top 10s is what I had on the list this week, and two of them hit. Both Colin Morikawa and Xander Shoffley. And you say, who cares, Trent? Well, they finished tied for 10th. And many of the big operators out there, that means that it is split at yeah. Circa because they have the yes-no prop up. Oh, I see. Yeah. You win. Because you win your to... full boat. So uh-huh. I think Morikawa was, one of them was like plus 285, the other was plus 210. So the other shops, if there was three people that were tied in 10th. And there were four. There were four, tournament. okay. So then they would take that pool of money that mm-hmm. they would distribute it, like they do it in, 
Look, in horse racing with two horses, dead heat, Yeah, you, they split the pool. Okay. So same thing. At uh-huh. Circa, though, on the yes-no proposition for a top 10 or top 20, whatever it is. So why would you bet anywhere else if you're making that type of bet? Uh, another thing that I, you I look say at. it every time, and I want people to be, uh, be uh, fully understand this and cognizant when we talk about them. They're our biggest sponsor. Yes. By far. Mm-hmm. Um, so having said that, just so the audience knows, mm-hmm. um, I mean, here's the proof in the pudding. Yes. Right there. Instead of on my... $10 wager. So instead of getting the twenty eight fifty back, plus my $10 wager, mm-hmm. instead that would have been cut up four ways. Right. So I would have made $7 yep. on my bet. Yep. Instead, 28 And if you're betting $100, mm-hmm. $280 or $70 mm-hmm. on a top 10 bet. So if you like to bet top 10s, top 5s, top 20s mm-hmm. going forward, uh, is Circa going to change the way they do business? Nope, because they have it. yes, Good no. For them. I saw Jeffrey Benson talking about that. Uh, their headlines maker there. That is the way that they do it because mm-hmm. they have the yes, no proposition as opposed to just betting a yes in a top 10 because you can bet it the other way as well. And because mm-hmm. of that, that is how you get paid out with those top 10s, your full boat of mm-hmm. whatever you bet, your top five, full mm-hmm. boat, top 20, whatever it is. There's a tie. It's not going to be cut up. How many people tied? Bet, golf, bet everything at Circa. And when we get to our plays of the day a little bit later, another one popped out to me today as I was making my bets a money line difference between, I think it was minus 120 on one side, the other shops minus 138, minus 140s out there. Well, I was shopping for NHL this morning, <laughs> and, and, I, and I identified a long shot team. You could buy at brand X, you could get them for 33. At brand Y, you could get them at 37 to 1. At Circa, he was 60, they were 65 to 1. 65 to 33, 1. 37, or 65 to 1. What team are you talking well, about? The Jets. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, to have a home team. Right. Uh, yeah, how, yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh-huh. They're nine to one at Brand X. Uh-huh. They're ten to brand one at Brand Y. They're thirteen to one at Circa. So, I think they're the second or third favorite, mm-hmm. the Leafs. Uh, and then it took a long shot just to see because I cashed out all my jets. I, I took my money. <laughs> Did you do it after 8.30? You were just pissed off? No, no, no. no. I did this a couple of weeks ago. Okay, all right. Because I knew once they got to the playoffs, we'll probably get a better number. Oh, yeah. And they're yeah. not in the playoffs yet. We'll get to that. Well, they'll get to that maybe tonight. Um, but just, it's another example of shopping around. I had a hockey question for you on my list this morning. Are you ready? Fire away. So I was watching the championship. and in Of, of the, uh, the Frozen Four? The Frozen Four. Yeah. And in great Minnesota sports fashion, they, the they Gophers blow yeah. a 2 Who are the overwhelming lead. favorite, yeah. Goes to overtime. Yeah. I'm strapping in. And here's Quinnipiac. <laughs> Ten seconds in. Is Quinnip- Quinnipiac's an Eastern school? Do you know yes. where it is? Is it, is it Connecticut or is it Delaware? It's Connecticut. Connecticut, I think, I think yes, too. Yes, that sounds right. Yeah. But there was a player on the Gophers yeah. that I think the Kings had the rights to, and he was put, involved in a trade with Fiala. Was he traded to yeah, the Kings? He, yeah, from Minnesota. Yeah. It was part of that. And I saw last night that the Wild have signed him to a contract. Mm-hmm. All right, making the jump from college hockey yep. to pros. We see guys, they talked about maybe him being on the active roster. Is that plausible? Is that yeah, possible? Yeah, uh, Kale McCarr for the Avalanche did that, and okay. I mean, he's one of the best players in the league. So I mean, this it happens, not, but... It's I mean, he's in for a shock, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and no offense to any of the school the schools that he's played. I mean, he's in for a little bit of an adjustment period. Right. What's the kid's name? Is it? Um, I don't know. Uh, Faber. Okay. So don't know th- much about him. Yeah, he sounded three. Brock Faber. He's a defenseman. Does that help? Eh, no, because you're going to have to move some men out of the front of the net. Yeah. As opposed to boys. He. Uh, one thing I saw about him is he is a good 
shot blocker as a defenseman. Okay. And something that is also read about the changes in college hockey as I was perusing college hockey for the first time all year. Of course, well, you were looking for something. To I, I really was. And <laughs> were good. the Masters was, was in a rain done, delay. Yep. It was canceled for the day. I had to do something, right? <laughs> and it became college hockey. Is how scoring is down. And there has not been a 100-point score in college hockey in like 20-some years now. Is that a fact? There's been 13 all-time, none over the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And kind of the question was, will we ever see a 100-point score again in college hockey? They said goaltending is a huge difference, and also defensemen. How many shots they block? Does that translate? Is that same thing in the NHL yeah, that you see? Yep. I mean, shot blocking. Yeah, willing giving to, up their bodies. Yeah, yep. give up their body yep. and take yep. the bruise and. Yep, lower body injury, upper body injury, LBI, UBI. Another uh, one that I saw I, back. It was about that twenty-year plateau. I think it was the last time that there was a hundred-point score. There was only three goalies in all of college hockey. That had a save percentage like over ninety one percent. Really? Yeah. And, and how many are there now? And now it's like twenty six or something huh. like that. Yeah. Just how different the game has evolved. And they said that's kind of hockey in general. Mm-hmm. Just goaltending is so much bigger better. goalies. Bigger goalies. Bigger yeah. goalies. That was another thing that they Cover talked up about. More there. than that. There's so, your hockey two minutes. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm, I'm you want more? We we got time. <laughs> I, I know you do. <laughs> but yeah, the the favorite one I wanted to ask you about though is that is it a realistic possibility? Yeah, I bet least? he plays. I yeah. bet he plays. I wouldn't be surprised. Because how many guys are active when we get to the playoffs? Uh, through, well, uh, there's three sets of defensemen that okay. dress. You seldom dress. Some teams will dress the seventh, um, seventh defenseman, mm-hmm. mostly only six. Okay, and they're called the Black Aces, the team that kind of the uh, the taxi squad. Like when the Iowa Wild season is done, a lot of those guys will go to Minnesota and they'll practice, mm-hmm. knowing that the likelihood they're ever going to get into a game is slim and none. But they follow the team, they stay with the team, they're part of the team, except they don't get to play. Gotcha. Black Aces is what they're called uh, right. as we get to the playoffs. I'm learning a little bit more How about that. A little hockey talk yes, here on Monday. Absolutely. I. Had a preseason wild bet that I looked at, and the numbers are about the same that they were in the preseason. I don't know if anybody in the West can win the Stanley Cup. It's, I ju- really? It just seems like, and I and I like the Lance. Lance are playing well. I um, McCarr's hurt. Um, I I think that I think the Stanley Cup is coming out of Boston, mm-hmm. Toronto, Carolina, or the New York Rangers. Okay, I think one of those four teams will have their names engraved in the cup. So if you take an Eastern Conference bet right now and have to lay minus one thirty, yeah, Eastern, over, yeah, I, I would absolutely. Yeah. There's two teams: Colorado and Edmonton. I think are the only teams in the West that can win. Bruins right now, plus 305 yep. to win it at Circa. Maple Leafs, you mentioned them, plus 1350. I had a preseason bet on the Penguins. Are they even going to make it? Uh, they're in, they, they've got to have a good week. Oh, I would have uh, gotten a little better price if I would have waited. They're 67 to 1 right now. Yeah. To they're they're the on the outside cup. looking in at last okay. I checked, but they're, they're right there. Yeah, I don't, I don't think any of the teams that are oh, I know that, that none of the mathematically eliminated teams will qualify or, or show up on that list. One uh, other. So, I was watching the Masters. I flipped over for, I don't know, maybe a total of 10 minutes of the Timberwolves game, knowing that mm. you know, they had something to play for here, mm-hmm. trying to stay in the 7-8 range. Did you, did you get over there in time for the fight? I didn't. I went back over and saw afterwards, and they just sent Rudy Gobert home. I mean, what a weird... On the fi- We had two in-team fights. Yeah, the Clippers had the other one. Yes. On the final day of the uh-huh. regular season, is it just a culmination of sick and tired of somebody at the end of the year? Kyle Anderson, he runs hot. Yeah. Think of with the Timberwolves. They get in, okay, first time, I think, in 19 years that they made back-to-back playoffs. They have only had a winning record 10 times in their 
history. And this does not feel like a team to me that has a chance to get going. No. I don't think. And, and here's the thing. This will go down. I think the Gobert trade will go down. We Remember the Herschel Walker yes. trade? That, that was a bad one. Mm-hmm. In exchange, for, do you remember what they gave up? I got in front of me. What, they, what the um, Wolves gave up in order to get Rudy Gobert? Is it three firsts? Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, uh, Balmaro, who I think was on the roster last year, Walker Kessler. Who is better right now than Rudy Gobert. Absolutely is, and I believe he's been traded. Yes. And a kid by the name of Jared Vanderbilt. The 2023 pick in, in uh, the 2023 first round pick, the first round pick in 2025. They swap first round picks in 2026. They give up the first round pick in 2027 and the first round pick in 2029. So if you include Kessler from last year, five first round picks, a pick swap, and three players for this guy, they're worse this year than they were last year because of Gobert. Jaden McDaniels punches a wall. You might be on his way. He, I believe he is off for, for the entire year. Rudy Gobert probably suspended. I don't know. How can you? You need him. Do you though? I mean, they play well, a lot no, better I, I, once he left. They play who? The Lakers. They correct. Play the Lakers. Are they tomorrow night? So the losers still yes, alive, right? Nas Reed out. He right. was playing at an incredibly yep. high level. Yep. This team is depleted. And the thing going back to the Gobert trade, not just what they gave up, which is ridiculous in its own right. They didn't need it. They Anthony, were, they, Anthony Edwards is yes. becoming a star. This is not right. the time that you push all no. your chips to the middle. This is hey, second hand that you see. All right, mm-hmm. I'm going all in. No, 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 no. That's not how you play. They, they teased it. They looked as though their arrow was pointing up mm-hmm. after the Memphis series last year. We know in basketball, I think more than any other sport, too, it's about that ascension. It's about building blocks, building mm-hmm. your way up, and then you have that breakthrough moment. This is not how you do it in the NBA. Trent, this is the worst trade I've ever seen. The short-sightedness of it is incredible. Uh-huh. And, and we know in I the NBA— the Russell Wilson trade was bad. <laughs> right. Every time that I'm in a depressed mood about that, I pull up the Rudy Gobert trade. You say, well, it wasn't that bad. It was worse. No, Ken, it could be worse. It could be worse. And the Timberwolves <laughs> yeah. are exhibit A to this. Mm-hmm. You have a generational star yep. in Anthony Edwards, and you tried to do too much too soon, yep. and now you're going to be paying for it. And you're going to yeah. be paying for it. We know in the NBA, you could have told me a month ago, Luka Doncic is the most, most untouchable player in all the NBA. And I would have believed you. I, think I you would could, say Giannis, but... You can make a compelling case. Yeah, Doncic is unbelievable. 22 years old, mm-hmm. the numbers that he Base put of the up, franchise. Western Conference Finals yep. last year, yep. that there was nobody as untouchable yep. as him. An argument could have been made. And now today, what are we hearing? Mm. That he very well could be the first European yeah. star that looks to push his way out because that's what happens in the NBA. And back to Minnesota, this is a possibility that you ran. You screwed this up so much. That Edwards wants to all of a sudden, change it. Yeah. Go to, go to a contender. Absolutely. Because this team is... Uh, behind the eight ball for the, uh, well, 2020, 2030, they finally get to keep their pick. Assuming they don't trade it in the meantime. Seven-point underdog tomorrow at the Lakers. The other 7-8 game, the Heat favored by five against Atlanta. Don't know how much of that one I'll watch. Well, I don't know how much I'll watch, but I do know that I will watch because last year I loved it. I remember right. that, I remember that uh, coming in here thinking, you know what, the NBA needed something to jumpstart their postseason, and I thought that this was as good of an idea as I've seen mm-hmm. because it's kind of got that college element to it, you know, a winner-go-home type of thing, uh, kind of like the Dayton, uh, the, the Tuesday, Wednesday in Dayton. 
and we, we're only, what, four weeks or so removed from seeing that. I thought that that was a pretty good idea. Um, but we'll see. I'll be into it tomorrow. And yes. I'll be into the NBA going forward, and it'd be kind of re, uh, good to reacclimate ourselves to that sport. Any baseball from over the weekend move your name? I mean, the beat goes on for the Rays. Yes. They still have not lost a game. Uh, St. Louis is really struggling. Is Oliver Marmol, when you, when you factor in the O'Neill stuff, how that was handled rather, is he starting to feel a little heat? I think so. Yeah. The, the O'Neill thing has not been handled well. You've heard the back and forth that has been happening there. Mm-hmm. This team. I mean, we're 10 games into the season. So right. tap the brakes, right? We're, we got a, <laughs> we got, we're 16th into the season. Got 152 to, or three to go in some cases. But, this was a team that was going to be the clear-cut, um, I, I thought they could go wire to wire. Mm-hmm. They haven't done that. Pitching staff has been brutal. Brutal. Absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's an interesting number. They have the best batting average in baseball. All of baseball. They are third in hits. They are second on base percentage. They are 11th in slugging. So the run differential is? And yet they're only 24th in all of baseball and runs scored. Huh. So they're getting on base. They're not delivering in the clutch mm-hmm. situations. I, I think that tells you a lot right there. Mm-hmm. And as mentioned, the pitching staff has been absolutely terrible to this point. They'll be okay. We Neither of us believed in Milwaukee coming in. No. There. Nope. Thought their window would close there in first place. You believing more? No. I mean, look, they took two or three from the Cardinals this weekend. Mm-hmm. Took two or three. They lost, uh, when did they lose? Saturday, I think. Yeah, 6-1 was it? Um I don't know. It's it's so early to talk. You know, even to I'm not throwing dirt on the Cardinals by any means, but I th- would have thought they would have got out to a better start. You know, you know who I would throw not throw dirt on, but we both thought that the Dodgers mm-hmm. may have a little bit of a. Um, they're not going to win. What did they win last year? Hundred what? Over a hundred, north yes. of a hundred games. We both thought that that was probably not going to happen this year. Something about this Dodger team, I don't like. They don't look right. They they look different. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good way to put it. They look different. Um, twins are off to a good start. Yeah, taking two out of three of the Astros. I that's pretty good, right? Doing good. so at home. I, I know the Astros are really banged up right now. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I've seen so many of these good teams throughout the years come in and just absolutely take it. After the White Sox series, the Twins get the Yankees. We know how that one's going to obviously end up. But, yeah, definitely baseball over the weekend. Now we get through the Masters. This is the time I'm really going to be digging in. That, and then get to the NBA, the uh, mm-hmm. final week of the NHL regular season, the playoffs in both NBA, and the, both the two remaining winter sports uh, will move our needle. You uh, know the odds right now for the National League Central? No. What would you fire at the Cardinals again to win that division? What would I have to What were you? they prior to the year? Do you remember? <sighs> Minus one. Oh, they were a minus Or maybe number? it was plus 110. It was tight. It was okay. right around, yeah, right around the number. I still think they'll win the division. What are they? Two twenty now, plus one forty. Still not much, right? Brewers now laying minus one fifteen. You can get the Cubs a plus nine fifty. Better than it was in the preseason. They're gonna they're going to go over the win total. They're gonna be which was seventy seven and a half. They're okay. this Dansby Swanson. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, he, this is what this team needed. I think. How about the middle of that infield, huh? With him and Nico, not bad. It's a pretty good one-two punch. Set for a while. Yes. Set for a while. Nick Olson on Iowa State. Big recruiting weekend. Uh, get the latest on spring football as well. Uh, we've got to do that. But prior to doing that, time for another $1,000 home run. Head to KXNO.com right now. The nationwide keyword for this hour is Bills. Bills. 
Uh, at KXNO.com, your chance to win $1,000 bills at KXNO.com. Another opportunity coming up about an hour from right now and then throughout the entire afternoon uh, with uh, Murph and Annie. Uh, Sean is back from his bachelor party. Saw some of the pictures. Looked like some good golf. Yes, it was. Some pristine courses that the uh, the group played. I'm sure uh, Heather and Sean will share some of those stories. Uh, but uh, Sean back with Heather from 3 until 6. Keyword again, bills at KXNO.com. Bills KXNO. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Miller and Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. We take you until 1 o'clock, hour number 2. Uh, Matt Brody from Golf Digest. We'll get back to the Masters uh, with Matt and then Scott Dockerman uh, on the Big Ten and on Iowa. Nick Oson has had a, well, both the men's and the women, our men's uh, football, of course, there's only men's football, idiot, uh, and uh, basketball. <laughs> Don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> I've had a very busy couple of days. <laughs> Nick Oson joins us. Hello, Nick. How are you? I am doing great, my friend. This is a, a very busy, uh, good, exciting last few days here in the land of the cyclone. Yeah, and including this morning, right? I think since um, you know, some, I, we sparred, we texted yesterday, lining up for today. There's been a couple. Let's let's start basketball and go in order. We did, they've just been one recently. Kid from Wofford. We'll get to him in a second. Uh, let's go to the news that broke uh, earlier in the weekend. A uh, guard from UNLV is coming in. Uh, what can you tell us about him? Absolutely, Ken. So, Kashawn Gilbert, really interesting here. I believe that T.J. Osselberger was his first offer out of high school uh, when he was at UNLV. So, he played a major role, you know, kind of in this relationship and obviously coming here to Iowa State. Gilbert is a good pickup. He, he can play a little bit on the ball. I definitely prefer him off ball a little bit. He can shoot. Really good defender. And I got to catch up with him a little bit yesterday you know, ahead of his announcement. And I think that he's somebody that was just kind of ready for maybe a change of scenery. And he, he called himself a winner. So I think that's something that obviously, when you talk about this culture, what TJ Otzelberger has done along with this great staff and what they're trying to do right now for their future, I think he's a really good pickup. He's got several years still to play, but he's also someone that has a couple years of D1 basketball under his belt. What kind of relationship, what kind of background do we have with T.J. Otzelberger and him? So I, Yeah, I believe basically when he was at UNLV, I actually looked back at some of uh, Gilbert's tweets, and you know he was the one that extended Gilbert the offer, and I just feel like you know even though T.J. left and went to Iowa State, there was still kind of this, maybe this love and trust that they had. Relationship, yep, on. yep relationship in terms of, you know, even though it was hard maybe for them not to kind of be with each other at, at that point, because obviously TJ switched schools, it was one that they thought very highly of each other. And when Gilbert decided to make this move, 
Uh, he shared with me that TJ and this staff went and saw him, I believe it was the next day or so when things were open, and he made this move. And, and he was someone that just took a lot of interest into not only his, his chance to improve on the basketball court, but really seemed to care about him as a person as well from what Gilbert told me. Well, good stuff. So that's one. Uh, let's get to the one, the Pavelski, as I believe how you say his name, kid from Wofford. What do we know about him who's just committed, I think, within the last hour maybe? Yeah, really just in the last 15 minutes or so, my friend. He is uh, He's probably going to end up really no matter what else Iowa State does within the portal and how the roster looks. He'll, in my opinion, be the best player that they probably get and one of the best players on the entire team. I've known about Pavelski for a few years. Pavelski, is that how you say it? Wisconsin. Yes, sir. Yep. yep. Jackson Pavelski, three-level scorer, really good shooter. I was actually just looking at his splits. I think he shot close to 50% from the field, about 40% from deep, and 85% from the free throw line. He can create as a point guard. He can make plays as a shooting guard. Really, really good player. Ken actually won the conference freshman of the year award in his year at Wofford. So help me out with the backcourt, because we know Williams is there. Uh, we really saw a lot of Lipsy. How, how's this going to shake out? Yeah, so I feel like it's just going to be a really deep group where a lot of people, quite honestly, see playing time. I think that Lipsy certainly did enough and showed enough to have a prominent role, especially at that point guard spot. I feel that Pavelski, though he's played a lot of point guard, mm-hmm. can be kind of featured off the ball. Gilbert's more natural role would be off the ball to me as well. And then I see Williams kind of being the change of pace guy, generally a point guard, but he's a big point guard. He's got size, can defend, probably one of the best playmakers on the team, really. So it's kind of, people were just talking on my board earlier, going to kind of go from, all right, we're an injury or something away from maybe being in trouble with guard depth this last season, to now they're going to have Really a good handful of guys can that not only can be in the rotation, but probably should be with what they bring to the floor every time they step on. With these two additions, thing that you love to see too, two guys that shot it well last year from the outside. Mm-hmm. And we know a scoring ability. They just they never had that that lockdown shooter, that guy that could go out there and hit, you know, a forty percent clip and knock down the open jumper. The inconsistency we saw from the shooters this year really hamstrung that offense. I mean, as we're going into year number three of TJ Otzelberger is is this team finally becoming, yeah, it's going to be defense. They're going to be built that way. But maybe offensively starting to get to the level that TJ also wants to see on that end of the floor. Yeah, it's really interesting, Trent. I, I remember, you know, when the, the season ended, obviously in that tough offensive game against Pittsburgh, the fans were a little worried. And I understand how much they care and things like that. But I tried to break it down. You know that you're going to get defense, hard work, toughness not only with TJ, but with some of the returners like Lipsy, Watson, Williams, as well as I know Omaha Baloo, you know, I've seen plenty of that. And I felt like even though you can kind of pick things apart, the only spot that absolutely needed immediate upgrade to me was the ability to, especially losing guys like Holmes and Kelsher. And I think that the staff has done a really nice job, not only identifying that pretty early here, but being able to land, Truly some of these top targets, I think that they provide different things. But Pavelecki, that's a name when I saw that he was, you know, going to enter the portal. And then obviously Iowa State was mentioned on his initial list. I, I told people that would be a terrific fit. Obviously from TJ to J.R. Blount, these Wisconsin connections, 
they really put in a lot of time and work from what Pavelski told me. And guys, I'm telling you, he's one to look out for. He's a very good player. Well, before we uh, move on to football, um, big big night for the Iowa State women's program, and then is that the NBA draft? And uh, both Suarez and Jones are likely to hear their name called uh, here tonight, and potentially uh, one of them, where in the, probably more so Jones with the Suarez injury, uh, maybe work their way uh, into the top ten. I saw Bill Fenley's flight was delayed three hours, so hopefully he'll get there on time as he tries to make his way uh, to New York. But uh, a big night for the uh, women. Women's program is they'll have a couple of uh, uh, of their of their players drafted into the WNBA tonight. Massive night, Ken. Yeah, I've even seen even with some of these injuries that Suarez. I've seen her projected as high as five or six, Ken, in the entire draft. So I wouldn't be surprised at all to see her in that top eight to ten. Jones, I've seen a couple times as well. I think in kind of that limited amount that Suarez was obviously healthy, she just showed a lot of. You know, what you kind of look for in the WNBA, obviously skill, talent, depth, but to be able to have that size and to show some of that production in a limited fashion in the Big 12 is terrific. And obviously, Ashley Jones is one of the best scorers in the country in recent memory. So I think it's going to be a good night, a memorable night, and I'll be, honestly, Ken, I'll be very surprised if you don't hear both of their names in the first 11 to 13 picks Awesome. Awesome. Over to football, and it continues over there. Five commitments now for the 2024 class, including their quarterback target, Connor Moberly. I saw a ton of them. I know you did as well during his high school season, leading Southeast Polk back to the Dome again this year. Tell us about a guy that you've been hitting at for a while, grew up a Cyclone fan, Connor Moberly, joining the recruiting class. Yeah, thank you, Trent. I'm a huge fan of this pickup. I think that we have him rated pretty well as kind of that mid to high three-star, but the more I'm around this kid on and off the field, you know, when we're doing interviews and such, just looking at his athletic background, his leadership, and the tape is pretty dang good, too. I think that he's a really good pickup right now with a high ceiling is is how I feel. He's a very smart player, makes quick reads, athletic, can get out of the pocket, good accuracy. I'd say very good accuracy in terms of that intermediate to deep ball. I like the touch that he shows, Trent. I think it's really good, and I think it's smart, especially after some of these maybe a little bit higher rated or four-star guys like J.J. Cole or Hunter Deckers. But quite honestly, with Abu Sama gone, I think that Moberly will be a bigger focus his senior season, and I think that he's going to show a little bit even more of why I'm so high on him in these athletic flashes, Trump. Well, um, look forward to watching him play. Is he 6'4", legitimately, guys? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is he? That's great. And, and he's, yeah. he's athletic. He, he is, Ken. Yep. Better usually athlete than maybe you think. Yeah, and usually would guard, from what he told me, kind of the best player on the basketball court. I know that he's, you know, a main defender and rebounder there. So definitely athletic. I think there's a lot of room to grow, too, which I think could be a good, scary thing for Cyclones. Uh, a linebacker committed, Mason Miller, same high school as Bo Frailer. Uh, Frailer was uh, terrific in his uh, in his freshman year. Um did he have a disappointing year last year? Maybe it's, maybe it was just simple expectations would be hard to to reach. Jesus, I mean, looked looked so good uh, in his uh, true freshman campaign, and then I don't know, Nick. Did you get that? Did you get a sense that maybe maybe this is you know maybe we put the bar too high for what where we thought he was going to be last year in Frailer? I'm talking. Yeah, about. I could lean. 
I could lean a little bit closer to that, Ken, than maybe disappointment because I do know certainly people, you know, as I kind of was just getting here, people were really starting to set this high bar, like you said, just after a freshman year. Although I think there were some injuries, and, you know, sometimes there's just the fact of getting overshadowed by some of the huge names that, that really were around. I've heard good things about Bo really throughout in terms of leadership. I think he's trying to have more of a role there, and I think that he will be primed for another great season here in this junior year as well. All right, so his, team, or his same high school, Mason Miller, what do we know about uh, the linebacker that uh, committed over the weekend? Yeah, so this is another one I kind of felt coming a little bit for a while. Every time I've spoken with Mason, Iowa State was at the top or maybe tied for the top of the list. He camped here last summer, so I, I got a chance to watch him and speak with him. He's been a major target. Again, he, he also plays running back for his high school team, so fast, athletic, pretty strong. He did wrestling this season, and he's a coach's son, so mm. he knows exactly what it takes to succeed and really kind of find his spot within Iowa State, obviously covering this recruitment for a while. This is one the staff is pretty excited about, guys. Two uh, local kids I want to get your thoughts on on the football field. Jacob Simpson, the tight end from Johnston. Good-looking prospect. He can make plays all over the place and very athletic tight end at six foot five. Him along with Titus Crane from Bondurant Farrar, two Central Iowa guys. Your thoughts on them, Iowa State's chances, and, and ultimately how close are both of those guys to a decision? Yeah, Trent, so I'll go with Simpson first. I really like him, uh, but based on, you know, just kind of some of the schools he's really involved with, Iowa State already has a tight end and potentially are looking at some other guys. Uh, I haven't spoken with him a ton just because there's not a huge connection there, but he's terrific, especially kind of with the ball in his hands. And if you're looking to go to the end zone deep, he's a, you know, sizable athletic prospect. Titus Cram, I will be checking in with him again soon. Iowa and Iowa State have really remained some of those top options, and he's kind of implied to me that it's likely going to be official visits taken and then early to midsummer, at least from when, when we have chatted. I know that he wants to take his time, but he also wants to have that decision set, maybe help recruit another guy or two and get ready for his senior year at Bondurant for us. Um, what about uh, back to basketball? Is anybody else close? Were there three visits, three officials this weekend? Did I see that? There were. Yep, there were three officials. We kind of had that on the on the boards for a little bit, and obviously, two of these guys in Pavelski and Gilbert uh, did commit already. Yep. I would say nothing necessarily close in terms of the next uh, couple days, but. There's potential that there will be more for you guys in terms of that next week. Good stuff. And in our final minute, Nick, uh, get us up to speed on spring football. Uh, Anything newsworthy that uh, stuck in your mind from last week? Uh, Newsworthy, not a ton. I I would say, though, I'm hearing a lot of good things about actually a couple different wide receivers and not necessarily the two we generally hit on. Dimitri Stanley, I think, has really made some progress here after being here for now a season and a half or so, I think that he's becoming much more reliable. Obviously, he showed some flashes with his speed. And then Greg Gaines, I know he's a name that people love to ask yep. about, guys. He's, yep. he's really coming along. I'm excited to see what he can show at the spring game and then as we get a little closer to fall as well. Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports Cyclone Alert.com. Nick, uh, you kind of tease a little bit. You'll have a lot. To, obviously, you'll be following the WNBA draft tonight and uh, recruiting. What else you got going on at uh, Cyclone Alert? 
Yeah, and still some major recruiting updates from the weekend. Even guys that may not have committed with football are very high on Iowa State or the Cyclones may be at the top. So I will have those here in the coming days, as well as a VIP promo all weekend. Uh, the numbers have been very good. I'm very grateful to you guys for this platform and looking forward to following the rest of spring. Good stuff, Nick. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week, if not before. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com, as we get up to speed on Iowa State. Timely, huh? Yeah, lots going on. <laughs> Jeez. Well. Kramacy, I mean, what, what, what are you hearing? I heard, I think I probably heard from you, that I was a slight lean over Iowa State. If it was it came down to an in-state school, Iowa may be over Iowa State, or is that scales... 55-45, maybe. Okay. Well, so here's the thing. So Iowa has three running backs that they are targeting very hard. Brevendahl from ADM. Yeah. Cram from Bondurant. And then just a couple weeks ago, they offered a kid from Indianapolis. And they're not going to take three running no, backs no. in this class. Uh-uh. So is it kind of one first of those? First come, first serve. It kind of feels that, that way. that football thing work out with the quarterback a couple of years ago when they had a couple of guys first? Uh, yeah. Chose the wrong one. Uh, maybe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Interesting. Well, so maybe Cram's looking around. Could be. It's interesting kind of looking through the recruiting list. I brought up the kid from Johnston who I really like, Simpson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Doesn't have an Iowa or Iowa State offer yet. Really? Vanderbilt, Duke. I mean, those two, you can tell he's pretty high yeah, academic yeah, kid. Say, yeah. If he's got a couple of those offers. <laughs> right. A few others kind of on that lower level of the Power Five, but the Cyclones or Hawkeyes haven't offered yet. I guess they have some other tight ends higher. As Nick mentioned, They already Iowa State already has a commitment uh, at the tight end position, but I really liked him. Now, the question always is, he's 6'5", 210. He's a matchup. He plays wide receiver a lot for him. He'll yep. split him out, and he's just such a size advantage out there. You know, can he add weight, what mm-hmm. kind of a blocker he is? Mm-hmm. Those are things I obviously very difficult to see as you're calling. He's not asked to do that a lot with the Dragons? No, they like to chuck it around just a little <laughs> bit. Uh, that Pavaleski, I just checked him when you were during the conversation. I clicked on a couple of box scores when they played LSU and A&M. Mm-hmm. He led the team both games. Love to see in that. scoring. Uh, anyways, take a time out. Come back, finish up hour number one. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.34 by NHTSA. Hi, right, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Final couple of minutes. Some Iowa recruiting news yes. to pass along. Ben Cricky from Valpo, six foot nine. I believe he only has the one year remaining, correct? One in Dunner. Yeah, one uh, one year, uh, but he has committed to the University of Iowa. I thought Mast was in, but he's out. He's going to continue his visits. He is looking at Nebraska as well. So, that so is was this on stuff. him, or was this on who made this decision? Well, of the list, yeah, you know who do they have higher? I, I know they are still very involved with the Merrimack transfer. I think that's the one that they kind of wanted to put him together with another guy that can stretch it out a little bit with Cricky or Mast. Now, if the Merrimack Jordan Miner is his name, if he decides to go elsewhere, does that mean Mast is back involved? Mm. Not sure how this board is, but they got a slew of these guys. BJ Mack still has his visit scheduled for Iowa. I believe he was at LSU this week, and it was four SEC teams in Iowa. <laughs> one of these things is not like the other, yeah, right? really. And uh, when you're looking at the recruiting base of that one, and you know these international prospects, too, I saw an article over the weekend. Well, Cricky's one of those. Right. And Mast, another one. Yeah. There is a way now for them to get around well, they should. NIL. They should. They should be able to participate. When they're back home, yes. they can receive money. 
and only when they're back home. In, you travel home. In, in their country's you, currency yes. or an American currency. So you get money wired in, basically, when you're that? back home, and that makes it okay. I like Another it. Another loophole. Imagine Ricky that. led the Valley in scoring, so they get him. Hour two coming up next.